You're listening to the Social Selling Simplified Podcast. Stick around if you too are obsessed with learning things that actually work and believe that success leaves clues. We're all about identifying results-producing roadmaps and getting super clear on how to scale and grow your online business. From part-timer to president, social selling expert Ashley Shaw will help you connect the dots and take the guesswork out of what works to grow a social selling empire. It's time to hear from social selling legends, listen in on truthful conversations, and learn the best tips and tricks to reduce the marketing overwhelm so you can build the social selling business of your dreams. If you're ready to go all in, no holding back, and build the business you've always wanted, you're in the right place. Here's your host, educator, social selling guru, and fitness industry OG, Ashley Shaw. Welcome to Social Selling Simplified. I'm your host, Ashley Shaw, and I am coming to you live from Brookside, Nova Scotia. I am in my brand new she shed, which is basically a an office that my husband was able to transform. It used to be a boathouse and he has spray painted it. He's got me all set up with a standing desk. And uh, yeah, I'm feeling pretty fortunate right now to be coming to you guys live from our uh, house that we have on the lake here. And uh, it's really cool to be in a spot that I'm not trying to wake up the baby. So that is a win for today. And today we are talking about a topic that is pretty near into my heart. And I think a lot of uh, entrepreneurs and people out there are really looking for those signs of when to know when to quit your nine to five. Like, what are the things that you need to be looking at to be sure that it's time and that you're ready? Or maybe that these are the things that lead up to you knowing that it's time and that you can work towards. And I think that where the best place to start here is to actually share with you guys my story of quitting my nine to five. So I worked in the corporate world probably a total of 15 years. And I worked my way up from part-timer at the gym to president of a fitness company that I was running on Vancouver Island. And over that time, I did many different types of roles, everything from a personal trainer to moving into managing clubs, uh, teaching general managers, moving into managing a division, and then managing a company of uh, fitness clubs. So I sort of did it all. And I always knew deep down that I loved fitness, but there were definitely limiting factors of the nine to five. And to be honest, in the fitness industry, it was more like a nine to seven was the expectation. And then you add in not being able to take that much time off. I was up to, I think by the end of one company I was working for, I was up to maybe four or five weeks of vacation at that point. But once I got into the higher ranks, sort of frowned upon to take that much time off. And you can't, it's not like you could go for a month and go backpack somewhere. It was definitely like not an option in that sort of role. And even as I continued to move up, 
in various companies. It was the same thing. It was just not part of the culture that that was acceptable. So I knew deep down that the corporate world was not for me. I love to travel. It just opens up these different pathways in my brain where I'm able to be creative and you know, think in a different way. And that's really important for me in not only teaching, but being inspired and feeling like I have a purpose. So I always knew that nine to five was not going to be soul fulfilling and that I ultimately wanted to start my own business so that I could make my own rules. And if I wanted to be in Asia for five weeks or I wanted to be off the grid for five weeks that I ultimately could be. And I, you know, I guess like deep down, I always thought that it was going to be possible. I didn't always have maybe the strongest belief that I knew exactly how it was going to all come together, but I definitely knew that it was ultimately what I wanted. But the confidence in how to make it happen was was definitely lacking at times because I know exactly the day that that confidence kicked in and the difference it was from how I had been feeling before. So the story of how I left my nine to five is really one that starts about four and a half years ago. I was on Vancouver Island and I was working as the president of a fitness company there. Bill was in Ontario at that time. I had taken a job out West and the goal was that he was eventually going to be able to join me out there. But jobs in the oil oil and gas industry were just hard to come by out there. And so he was just coming out every four to five weeks. And we were we did this for about two and a half two and a half years, I guess. It was, uh, yeah, about two and a half years. So it was definitely challenging at times, but I also found it recharging in a way to have that space to really figure out who I was again. Uh, Bill and I have been together for 16 years. So, And when you're with somebody for that period of time, you grow and you evolve. And I think I had forgotten what I like to do and what my my loves were and what brought me joy. And I think that when you lose that spark from yourself, the other person can't just fulfill that for you. Like your your happiness is on you. And when I moved out west, it was like all these things in my brain started connecting again with, you know, loving to hike and loving the mountains and loving to exercise outside. And it was just like my soul kind of came alive again in a different way, not because I was unhappy in the sense of, you know, I had a great life. Um, but it was more so I had lost my connection to what I was outside of work. And that is like a part of my, you know, a part of myself had sort of been pushed away and like everything went into work for me. So this, it was a bit of a soul awakening experience, I would say, to all of a sudden, it was like just about me and figuring out what I wanted to do. And you know, my, all my days were about me. There was no one else that I could rely on to make me happy. So it was a really... I'm, I'm so blessed that uh, my husband was like, yeah, go out west. Like, you know, I'll, I'll come out. I'll try to find work out there. And, you know... I'm so blessed. Like I know that that was a big ask and there was no hesitation whatsoever on his part. So 
when I was out there, we mo- I moved around a little bit, started off in Vancouver, worked for a company there. Um, and then I, I knew that I wanted to do more. I had gone out there with the opportunity, you know, this illusion that I wanted to move higher up in the company because I thought it would, I'd have more freedom and, you know, be able to be creative and, you know, all these things I sort of told myself about, this is what happens when you get to move up and, you know, you make more money and all these things. And so I eventually ended up on the island, president of a fitness company there. And I had this dream in the middle of the night. And it was one of those things that I can only describe as like, I opened my eyes and I was like, holy smokes, I know what I'm meant to be doing. And that sounds pretty dramatic, but here's the thing. I had been working with a business coach for the previous two years that's really how I had landed this job as I'd been doing so much, I think, internal work, really understanding how to skill myself up for that next level, doing a lot of work on that. But we also did a lot of like purpose work. And really, I, I just, I may be the only one asking this question. Sometimes I feel like that, like, what is my soul's purpose? What am I meant to be doing? Um, I know my mom would always say to me, like, I just don't think that deeply about things. And so I've sometimes felt a little bit like I'm, I don't know, maybe I ask really tough questions and there is no right or wrong answer, but it really makes a difference to me that I'm in alignment with those things. So I've been doing a lot of work there and trying to understand what is it that I wanted to help people with. And I just kept coming back to this idea that I wanted to help lift other women up. Like I remember you know, learning or teaching something. And when those like pathways start started connecting for people, those dots started connecting. And I could see that look in their eyes, like, holy smokes, I totally get this. Like it made me feel like there is nothing, nothing better than that feeling of teaching something and helping someone walk away less overwhelmed than when they showed up. And so when I had this dream, it's like everything I had been thinking about, like presented itself as this opportunity of what I should be doing. And so it was the Fitness Leader Institute is what I woke up sort of saying. And it was this idea that I could bring together all these leaders because I had worked with some like incredible, incredible people in the training department and various companies throughout um, my career. And I thought if I could bring these people all together and we could teach in the fitness industry like that is just a dream come true for me uh, around marketing around telling your story around differentiating yourself in a sea of sameness like all those things completely made sense to me that i should be teaching those things and when i woke up from that dream which was at 3 in the morning it was a uh, in late october um I just like, I couldn't get it out of my head. Like, I knew from that moment forward exactly what I needed to be doing. And I'm, I'm woo. Like, I'm out there. I'm not like out there as in like, I have crystals in every room. I have crystals in some rooms. So that's like the differentiation here we're talking about. Like, I am woo though. Like, I do love like looking for signs in the universe. Like, the other day, It's a bit of a tangent, but it it ties into the story. Like, I have been like racking my body and um, my meditations, and for for a sign, I'm on the right path. Like, I I want to see things manifest itself. And 
the last two weeks, I've probably seen like six bunnies, which is not typical of the area that I'm in. Like I've never seen a bunny, um, like especially like two in one day in this area that I'm in. And I've been asking the universe for a sign that we're on the right path. And lo and behold, I check and see what the symbolism is of a bunny. And it is all about abundance and prosperity. And it's like, okay, universe, like you win again. Like that's my level of woo. Like I totally trust that when you ask the universe for something, it will it will deliver to you. So this is, you know, I wake up from this dream and I'm like, holy smokes, like I know what my purpose is. I know what I need to be doing. So I start working on this idea I have and talking to uh, this girl um, who's, you know, a, a really good friend of mine, like in our relationship has really more so developed over the past four years. Like we went to high school together um, she was a couple of years older than me, but we always like our um, fathers were friends. And so like we'd always been acquaintances and knew of each other. But I started really chatting to her about like, you know, what do your coaches need? And, you know, how do I, you know, what, what do they need and how can I help? And I kept like racking that question over and over again. And she really helped piece together. Like, this is what's missing for the coaches I work with. And this is what they need. They're lacking this confidence here. And it really laid a blueprint for me of what I could deliver in a course that I could help them. So I knew that I was going to quit my job at the fitness company. Um, after having that dream, like I knew, and I knew obviously, like I wanted to get back to Ontario where Bill was like, I I knew all those pieces had to come together, but this just made it so clear that every day when I was working towards something, that's what I'm working towards is being able to get this business up and running and then I can go home. And so I just, you know, morning and night was working towards putting these pieces together, building my courses, recording videos, talking to coaches, um, started a Facebook group, did my first little launch. And I was just practicing and being okay with making mistakes. Like I was just happy to get on the phone with my ideal customers. Like that, the only way to describe it is that it made me feel like it was so possible that I could do this full time and that there would be enough money to make that happen like that I wouldn't have to find a job like I I could see it how it could all come together. So it was probably about I'm going to say 7 months later that I got a call and I was in Ontario visiting Bill at the time and the call was that the company I was working for was shutting its doors they were not going to be operating anymore. This was a complete shock, by the way. Um, I was, in my mind, I was prepping my VP to be able to take over when I left. And I had a timeline of sort of July. Like that was my thought. If I can have everything set and ready, um, I won't feel bad because it was coming up to that three-year anniversary that I had been out West. And I was like, it's time. Like I got to go back home. But I got that call and it was like, holy smokes, like, Okay, like it's it, we were like done officially of like that moment we're done like company is done, and uh, that's another story in itself of the uh, <laughs> of of that whole uh, 
situation and them being sued and different things like that. But uh, it was an unfortunate experience. It impacted so many great people. And I mean, the great thing with challenges is that you, you know, you see people be able to rebound and and sort of have a fresh start in many cases. And uh, so there, you know, of course, there's always good things that come out of those things. And I'm one of those stories, I guess, those success stories that it allowed me that space to really try on this non nine to five hat for size. So I got to work right away. I, I, you know, <laughs> broke out my computer and was like, all right, we're live. And I handed out one resume, not because I really, I, you know, thought my business wasn't going to work, but I was like, I don't know, is it the responsible thing to do to hand out a resume? And thank goodness I spelled entrepreneurship wrong on the resume. It was for an entrepreneur, entrepreneurial professor teaching entrepreneur entrepreneurialism, I guess we'll call it that. Um, but that one letter changed my life because if I would have got that role, I had all the qualifications, like tons of teaching experience in the fitness industry. Uh, like I might not have pursued it full force like I did, but I was in it. Like there was no way that I was not going to succeed at this. And I think that what ultimately gave me that sign that I, you know, I obviously didn't quit my nine to five, but I didn't go out and find another job until I was ready to start my nine to five. But there was no option B. And I think that that's the biggest difference for the people that are going to be super successful with whatever entrepreneurial pursuit they get into and those that are going to flounder. Because, you know, you think about it like anytime we get on a workout program, the people that are like, you know, I know for myself, when I was doing the 75 hard, it was like, no, I'm not not going to get in my second, you know, walk or workout for the day. Like I committed to this. I am in. I'm not going to not drink my water. I'm not going to not like there's no negotiation here of what I can do and what I'm able to do and what I'm committing to versus what I'm not. And that I think is the difference for those people that are like, you know, they're stuck in that, you know, that comfort zone of the nine to five or, they're like, well, I'm just not ready. I'm not like, no, the The truth is you're not a hundred percent in like no one is ever a hundred percent ready, but those that actually go in and do what they need to do to be successful are just a hundred percent in that. There's no other option. Like there is no option B. And that is ultimately like, I, I wasn't going to go work somewhere else. I just, that was not part of my standard. And that's something that actually Tony Robbins talks about this, which I love is that, you know, we, we fall to our standards. So for those that, you know, like, let's say a millionaire that loses his, his wealth, his or her wealth, um, you know, they have a certain standard that they're accustomed to, like, they're going to go out and make that back because they they want to live at that standard. Same thing with somebody that exercises consistently. Like you're going to keep exercising at that level because that is your standard. And it's the same with running a business. Like if I become used to the fact that our business like we do big things. Like we are a seven-figure business. Like you better bet I'm not going back. Like so I think it is how we ultimately talk to ourselves. Like, what is that language that you are using with yourself to describe your business? Like, do you see it as like, I'll try? Like, that is weak sauce. And 
to be honest, like I already know the outcome of you trying. Um, and I don't mean to be blunt, but I do at the same time. So it's really, I think all about your conviction. Like it's, you know, when it comes down to like, what resources did I have? And, you know, those sort of questions, like, I have to tell you, like we had been working on this for, you know, like 14 years before this and had nothing super, um, like, you know, super great to write home about to say, yeah, I'm not going to go to work. Like it took us that long because I was like, well, I'll try to make scarf videos. I'll try to sell on eBay. Like it was a game of trying. And the difference is I went pro and it was all about my mindset and how I switched that. So there really is no perfect time. And I think if you ask yourself, what would you be doing right now if you were running the business of your dreams? Like, how would you show up? What kind of activities would you be doing? Who would you hire? Um, What would your business plan look like? What activities would you be focused on? Um, You'd be settling in your business 100%. Um, Like, there are certain things you'd be doing. You probably wouldn't be scrolling social media, looking for ideas, consuming a bunch of TikToks. you know, waiting for people to come to you, you would take the bull by the horns and you would make it happen. And I really think that if you're looking for a sign to quit your nine to five, look at your conviction. Do you have an option B or is there only plan A? And that's the only plan you need. So that is what I got for you guys. Um, I hope this episode was helpful. This was really off the cuff. I just felt like telling you guys that story and really sharing you know all of those details with you guys was really really the way that I could best serve you on this topic and I would love to hear where you're at with it how do you feel your conviction is definitely leave a comment um, below and if you love this podcast I would love for you to give us a review I love reading the reviews I love to know more about the topics that we can best serve you with. So thank you guys so much for listening to Social Selling Simplified today. We'll see you next time on Social Selling Simplified. Thanks for taking the time to level up today. If you're ready to commit to personal and professional growth, move forward, make money and grow your health and fitness business, head to my free community on Facebook, Business Bootcamp for Fitness Coaches, so I can support you every step along the way. Thank you so much for tuning in today and we'll see you right back here next week on Social Selling Simplified.